Welcome to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. My name is Jack Menstein, and I'm here on a nice summer Wednesday evening, 7.30 p.m., where we're here every week to talk about small business stuff. We want to talk about how owners of small businesses are stuck, stuck in a state of how. What does that mean? The endless how questions that they have all day in, in conducting their business. How do I get a, a, my payroll covered? How do I hire a good person? How do I get more sales? How, how, how? That's what we do. We're business coaches, we being my partner, Adam Sunhalder, who's standing up next to me in our small studio. And he likes to stand up because his voice comes out and it, it, it projects better, I'm sure. He's big anyway, so he's looking down at me, so I do feel <laughs> safe, that's for sure. Hello, Adam. How are you tonight? Fantastic, Jack. Fantastic. Yes, we're, uh, we're here again with 30 Secrets of Small Business to help share many of the stories we've accumulated over our 15 years together coaching owners of small companies and letting those of you in our listening audience, whether it be here live on the air uh, on WINT or in the podcast nation, um, to help understand that whatever you're going through, whatever opportunities you're facing, whatever challenges you're facing, <clears throat> this is not the first time it's been through. We've got answers for all these things. And please know that you're always welcome to be part of the show. And the, the, our favorite way to get you involved is to have you call in here when we're here every Wednesday from 7.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Eastern here live in the studio. And you can get us here by calling 440-946-9468. That's 440-946-WINT. We also will uh, we'll take tweets at at MaximumVP. If you like email, radio at MaximumVP.com, or if you go to our website, MaximumVP.com forward slash how, H-O-W. Nice little form there to be able to submit your how question. So we've got hundreds, even probably thousands of how questions that we've got uh, in our arsenal that we've been through, and we, we discuss those here. We help share different stories and experiences of other folks that have faced those how questions and, and how have they dealt with them. Um, it's a common question. It's probably the, the, the most popular word used in business that's not a four-letter word, which is how. That's right. It's, a, it's only a three-letter word. <laughs> well, so, that's good. Go on. Oh. Yeah, so so we're, when we go today, we'll, we'll have a chance to kind of go through that. And uh, what Jack and I do day-to-day is we're business coaches. As Jack has told you numerous times over the, over the year plus we've been doing this show, and we coach owners of small companies. We kind of coined a phrase that we're the unstuckers. To get them unstuck the in that state of how. You know, we should get a cape. We should get a couple of capes here. I'm not thinking capes, Jack. I'm thinking more kind of, seems like more, a little more hillbilly than that, right? You should have kind of hats. A couple of shovels? Oh, Shovels, right. kind of different hats. Not 10-gallon hats, but kind of, I don't know. Kind of goober? Jet clampet. goober hats? Goober hats. There you yeah. go. That's good for artists. You know who goober is. All right. Goober and gomer that. pile, those kind of hats. That would fit us. We'd look we'd look very appropriate and normal in those. <laughs> no one would even miss it. Miss miss a beat with us. Something to hide our bald heads with. That's good. All right. That's correct though. So as always, I said we have we have how questions to go through and, and I was um took the day off on Monday and, and hung out with my wife or we took the kids to, to camp and I spent a little time in between um we were at the Apple store, one of Jack's favorite new places to go. Hey, it really is. I'm I'm an Apple convert after lots of years. <laughs> still, still don't know what I'm doing, but I can do the basics. So, well, they had a camp going on when I was in there, Jack. So I was thinking about you as a camp of the young kids. They they, they must for, have for Apple stuff. Yeah, they must have kicked. They, they must have the class for the older folks earlier, and they had the, the young kids in. Probably have the older <laughs> folks coming in later. 
But between that and going to a movie, we, we spent a little time at the bookstore at Barnes & Noble. And whenever I go to the bookstore, I, the first place I usually go will be the business section. And if you've been there recently, you know, they've got aisles and aisles of books all over the place. And you go to the business section, and they have a section for small business. And it's a small section. Small section for, <laughs> for small, small business. business. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's done on purpose that way or not, but it's a small section. And so I was just scanning through some of the titles, many of the titles that, that we we know and love, some 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 newer titles that were there. And one kind of jumped out at me because it didn't seem to really fit there. Okay. And I, I kind of recognized it from my from my business school days, the the symbol and the logo of the of the book. And it was it says HBR. Wait a minute. H B like in yep. boy or P yes. like in Paul? H B is in boy. H B R. Any guess what that HBR stands for? Boy, oh boy. Uh, no, <laughs> no. Well, My mind's a blank. A, I have no idea. H. Some place up in the someplace up in the Northeast, Jack. Boy, oh boy, Adam, you nailed me tonight. Oh, come on, I'm just getting started. All right, so it's a Harvard. Business Review. Oh, I, that's the first thing that came to mind. Why didn't oh. I say that? I don't know. Just blurt it out. Getting, you know, you get away. No, you're getting <laughs> fancy tonight. That's why. I <laughs> no, well, that's why, that's why it stood out. That's why it stood out to me, right? <laughs> and, but I say that because anybody who's been in business school has probably seen that, that, that little shield, the HBR shield. for Sure. Because they have all kinds of case it's studies, initials. right? It's about the only, only initials <laughs> that it could mean. <laughs> that's right. And I had that. I had that. All right. Honest so, to God. Give me another one. Well, no, no on, it's okay. On, so, so this on. book jumped out at me literally because I'm looking like, what the heck's that doing there, right? I mean, you know, the, the the last thing that I associate with small business is Harvard. That's right. It's not what it's about. It's about that's again, that's very very different. Is there a guy with a tie on on the cover? No. So the, 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 I, I saw that <laughs> that shield. And I, I scanned and looked, and, and you know what it said? It said how to buy a small business. No way. I said no you got I, I could see that. I said you got to be kidding me, right? You, you got to be kidding me. So, <laughs> I spent about ten minutes kind of flipping through it and kind of looking at it, and it's exactly it's exactly what I expected, Jack. <laughs> A bunch of corporate crap, mm-hmm. all right? In terms of how stuff gets done, and so it got me to thinking of a great how question for tonight. How do I do a deal? How do I do a deal? Well, that is a good one. Because people are trying to do deals all over the place. And what doesn't work is the corporate stiff suit and tie to come do an acquisition. And I couldn't, you know, the, the, first, the first chapter of this book was to try to help you decide whether owning a business was right or not for you. Mm. And then how to go about finding it and making an offer on it. All, all this <clears throat> garbage. Total, you know, it's, it's exactly what we see people who have gone on a search like this before, and they'll get the, the, the guidance to, hey, put together a nice little one-pager, Jack, and tell me all the things you're looking for in terms of a company, and I want sales of this and EBITDA of that, and I want this many employees within this industry and this kind of profitability, all the all the horse crap that doesn't really help you get a deal done. That's right. That's right. So, well, we, we know academia and fancy people who wear ties even though you and I both have had a, a long, successful career in, in big corporations, we left that world several decades, well, at least a decade and a half ago, because that's how long we've been together working uh, as business coaches. 
but we left that fancy world of ties and academia pontificating. And Not that they don't serve a good purpose. They do somewhat. But when we get into the small business world, we're, we're, we're experts in that. We've owned, we've operated, we've bought, sold, we've encouraged, we've, we've inspired, we've done just about everything you can with the small business owner, including creating a, a step-by-step process called Seven Keys to Success. And we know what we're doing, and we can contrast ourselves with the, with the fancy pants guys, the big schools, the, the uh, big corporate uh, speak, the, the ties, the stiffness, as Adam said before. And we really don't like it. We have helped many owners of small businesses and individuals who want to get into the business world, the small business world. We have helped them buy companies, sometimes for no money down. They can't believe it when we say it. But our personal record shows otherwise. We've done it. I've personally bought five companies to no money down. But that's beside the point. That's right. No, that's exactly the point, Jack. For some reason, you mentioned fancy pants. I'm trying to picture the fancy pants and the goober hats going together. What do you think? Boy, that would go. That, that, I'd like that. that. Be, we be should, the right image? Yes, we, we should show up and just have uh, live streaming only here. So. Well, one of the most frustrating sections of this book <laughs> that, that, that jumped out at me, they talked about funds that were needed to, 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 to do a deal. And talk about needing half a million to a million bucks to even do a deal because you gotta you gotta pay lawyers and this all all the all the wrong stuff. That if you read this, you're thinking I can't do a deal. Unbelievable. Well, it becomes. It, 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 I know. Ha- no, it's not unbelievable. It's the way of yeah. the world. With the, I, I know exactly. Well, where, of course, you know, where, you and yeah, I. Where most folks believe that they can't do a deal. Mm-hmm. So when you say things like you just said two minutes ago about you know doing a deal for no money down, it's oh, what a bunch of hucksters. That you know that can't be the case. People well, don't believe you. No. That's right. So we've got a lot of stories here. I, I want to share something. We, we have a couple clients who are going through this right now, so their their stories are still in process. But a couple that that, that, that just actually wrapped up as well. If there's anybody out there, if there's anybody out there who wants to know how to do a deal to buy a small competitor, small little company, could be a pizza shop, could be somebody who you're directly competing with. Give us a call. Give us a call, and we'll talk you through it. It'd be a lot of fun because it it can be done. I guarantee it, and I can, I can, you know, we can show you. We can show you how to do it, and we can do it over the air here. 440-946-9468. If you're interested in knowing how to buy a small business with no cash down and where you can find these companies, give us a call because we know how, H-O-W, how to do it, and we could help you do it as well. So a couple of situations, Jack. Okay, it could be you're working for a company now, a private company that that you'd like to own. You could do a deal there. It could be that you're you're in corporate America, working somewhere else. You like to get into a small business. There's ways to go about doing that. Or as you mentioned too, you could be currently in business already, and you're looking to grow through acquisition. Nice. Whether 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 acquiring a competitor, or perhaps acquiring a company that's in a totally different field than you are. To be able to expand into into a, a totally different field, or perhaps expanding the, the, your service offerings. And maybe, maybe you're realizing that, that as you're going through your going through your numbers, you're spending a lot of money on a couple of different vendors. Hey, I can own that instead. Instead of paying somebody else to do that, why don't I have a company that that, that does that instead? So there could be a lot of reasons that kind of come up to you know to be able to do that. Or perhaps one of the most popular ones that that, that I failed to mention here is from a family business standpoint. A transition of some type and kind happening. How do you make that deal happen? 
What does that kind of a deal look like? And so we've been through all those cases and many, many more. And part of what we're going to share on today's show is some examples of those and give you some detail in terms of what happened there. And I think hopefully what, what people will, what will learn today, Jack, is not only that can you do a deal, absolutely you can do a deal. No question about it. There isn't some Harvard Business Review book that's going to tell you how to do it because there's so many ways to go through and do a deal and to make it happen. And it's so nuanced, you know, and, and there, there's, you, you need most, most small business owners or people wanting to be in, in business for themselves don't know how to do it. So therefore, they don't start because they don't know how to do it. And we can not only tell them, but encourage and inspire them to keep moving forward. What do you think, Adam? Absolutely. So we have a very, very, very interesting, very exciting show for you today. So stick around. When we come back after the break, we'll be delving in and sharing some stories about how do I really do a deal when it comes to small business. So like stay that. tuned to that. I'm, I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners, the deal guys today. We're the deal guys tonight. We're business coaches with Maximum Value Partners, as I say. Also, MVP, that's what that stands for. That's right, the deal, guys. We should get our cards out, Jack, start dealing, right? All right. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT, 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. We're talking about deals, how to do a deal. How to do a deal involving buying a small company. You could even buy a big one, but that's, that's too big of a reach for most people. But how the heck do you do that? You know, I'd like anybody who's really interested out there, who'd like to do that, to call in. Kind of describe what they're trying to do, and we'll walk you through this. We'll tell you how to source it. We'll give you some ideas on how to fund it. And when we talk deals for tonight, we're talking deals with no money down. How the heck can you do that? How can we do that, Adam? Are we, we Let's leading make them all a deal. on or are we doing what? Let's we, make a deal, right? There's, there's a TV show. I think they made it again, didn't they? There was an original TV show called that, Let's Make a Deal. That's, that's more the attitude and the way things happen within a small business. So... If you want to call and share your story, you're more than welcome. We're at 440-946-9468. In the meantime, we've got lots of stories to share, folks we've helped through. We've kind of painted some different situations. So one could be, you know, is if you work somewhere and you want to start to own that company. Okay, and that's part of what kind of triggered this, too. I was going through, this is a, this is a handwritten layout of, remember this deal? What, a client that just finished up. This client of ours um, had worked for a company for about... Wait a minute, were you waving over there? What is waving that? this. You know this. It's my chicken scratch. You can't oh, read yeah. that? yeah. Okay. Yellow and red. <laughs> go, go. Yellow and red. That's right. It makes, it makes it hieroglyphics. It's hard to see. I can read it, though. So this is a client of ours who had worked for a company for about 17, 18 uh, years, and the owner was ready to, to kind of get out. And so basically the owner gave him an offer he couldn't refuse. He couldn't refuse because he'd worked there for 18 years, hadn't worked anywhere else, and didn't know what else he was going to do. And so the deal was totally not in his favor. But he really didn't have much of a choice because he really liked the company and wanted to own the company. He didn't really – he kind of had a sense it wasn't a good deal per se. So we started working with him probably three, three years after this deal had started. 
And, and I'm trying to wreck it. Usually, out of our hundreds of clients, when either one of us starts talking, I know you're talking. I know. About. I keep stumping Jack. It's good. You right. are. So, this is the second stump in, in a month. Keep talking. <laughs> I'll right. get it. So, you know, as we often do, we'll ask a lot of questions of our clients that maybe other folks don't ask. And part of what we do is we, is we kind of tell them how it is, and we ask a lot of questions. And we don't mince words from that standpoint, okay? And so we started poking at this deal, and, and about six months in, I said, why don't you – can we spend a little time just kind of going through it? Would you mind bringing the purchase agreement with you? We'd like to just kind of talk through kind of what all is involved in this deal. I think it's very helpful for people to understand how these deals kind of happen. They don't happen like the Harvard Business Review where it's all neat and tidy. There's a bunch of stuff to it. It's really, again, who's the guy that was, was the host of – of let's make a deal. What was the guy's name? Isn't that Kerry? Drew Kerry? Monty. Monty. Oh, Monty. Uh, Monty Ball. Hall. Hall. Monty Hall. Monty Ball is a football player. Monty That's Hall is right. the guy. All right. So it's more like that. Monty let's kind of make a deal. All right. <laughs> so it wasn't, you know, he come in with a big pile of cash, right? So how how did he do this? Because he, he did this deal with no money down. Okay. Because, again, he'd, he'd worked for this, for this company <clears throat> for almost two decades. And he was paid a fair wage, but he didn't have a pile of cash sitting over here in the corner, nor was he bankable to go walk into the local, you know, bank branch and borrow a bunch of money to pay this guy. I right? still don't know who the heck you're talking about. It's great. I'm loving it. This is keeping this a mystery. It is it's a mystery yeah. hour, right? So we started walking through the deal, and the, so this deal had, you know, he, he he bought the stock for a certain price. And there was deferred compensation. So what does that mean? So Wow, now the, you're getting fancy. So that's okay. That's, that's, that's what I'm explaining, term. right? So this is you know a way that the, there's there's ways to funnel money to the owner or, or the seller versus just kind of writing them a check at close. So deferred compensation means that the, the owner decided to stay on in a certain role. And he was being paid a salary and a bonus or a profit sharing that was part of this stuff, okay? So he, he was getting paid every year. And what was happening, the reason why this started to kind of come to the surface was he was being paid very handsomely for doing pretty much nothing. Wait, this is one guy selling or buying a company from a one-guy owner. Correct. Who's much older than him. Correct. Oh, I know who you're talking about. All right. So they, they have this, this <laughs> deal set up. So he, so he, got, he got paid some money up front. In terms of he was able to pull money out to, 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 to do that. He was getting paid every year for the next several years. He was getting paid a salary. They call it deferred compensation. He was getting paid a salary <clears throat> for basically not doing any work. Okay. He was also getting some other stuff. Okay, Let me get some, some other compensation for this, for, this, for this person. He was getting a share of the profit every year. So on top of getting a salary, he was getting a share of the profit. Now keep in mind, after the first couple of years, he wasn't doing anything for the business. He was just kind of collecting this. He was getting his health care paid for not only for him but also for his spouse it's getting complicated it's getting complicated he was getting credit card points <laughs> okay why credit card points because he was flying all over the place he was getting he's getting money cashing those things in he had a fuel card see oh. this guy had owned his company for like for like 30 years he he had never paid How for his own gas is this a, a buying with no money down yeah oh okay he was he was getting he was getting healthcare payments for 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 his mother. Him and his wife were getting cell phones. Their personal corporate taxes, his life insurance policy. Okay. These were all so part of the got deal. A lot of stuff. These all were all right. being thrown into the deal, and the company was paying for the stuff year after year after year. Okay. All right. And we're talking about significant sums of money each year. 
they were being paid. So this is doing a deal for no money down. It wasn't necessarily the best deal because it was really kind of strapping the business, so to speak. So the guidance we started to give them is that the, 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 the good thing as part of this deal was that there was a, a chance to buy the, the seller out. Okay. And we started to do, do a little bit of math and real quick realize, hey, let's trigger that option to, to, to try to buy this guy out now. And at this point, our client had been running the company for about four years, had established himself, and had grown the business quite significantly in the four years that he was running it, and was able to go to a bank and say, hey, let me borrow some money to pay this guy to go away. Because it's my best interest to be able to do that. I'm not giving away additional monies that I don't need to be for somebody who's not necessarily working here anymore. I can fully take the reins of the company. So we helped him accelerate that buyout take control and to be able to pay off the bank loan was easy because he's already paying multiples of that every year already to this guy himself who was playing the bank right so he did this deal for no money down and the company was funding it but he still had a little bit of handcuffs on him by the by the former owner still <clears throat> kind of being there i remember and it was draining deal. on him mm-hmm. draining on him right and so he didn't you know he wasn't it wasn't bothering him as much as he thought day to day until he started kind of poking at him a little bit and helping him realize that he could. And when he, and when he went to the bank and he asked the bank if they'd loan him the money to be able to do this, the bank said no problem. And we created a little <laughs> drama. You know, the bank gave him a letter, said, hey, we, you know, we, you know, we'd be happy to, to, to loan you this money. And so he had a meeting set up with, with, the, with the former owner. And he wrote a check for that amount of money. And slid it across the table to the guy. I said, "Here, I want to buy you out." And he said that you, you could see the reaction on the guy's face. He was surprised that the guy he'd sold the company to—that he kind of—I don't want to say he looked down on the guy, but it was again—it was almost like it was almost almost like a father-son thing, where I guess he almost felt like, "Gee, I'm so surprised you're able to do that." Right? He he thought, "Well, I thought maybe eventually you would do this, but I didn't know you'd do it so soon," kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so they were able to work through making this thing happen sooner versus later. And the deal just closed up a little while ago. That's one of many. That's one of many deals of buying small companies that can be bought with little or no money down. Yeah, that's for one that if you're working somewhere, and this was not a relative, this is, again, this is just you know somebody who was an employee of the business who wanted to own the business and had done well, but didn't have money to buy it up front. So if you want to buy it and the owner's w- w- willing to sell it, there's ways to do those deals again. As Jack was saying it, you know, in the first segment with no money down. Wow, no money down. 4409469468. If you're interested in knowing how, if you ever thought about how you could buy a company with little or no money down, give us a call. Tell us what you're thinking about. Tell us what you're dreaming about. We can kind of tell you how to do it. Maybe give you a, a story like Adam just gave you, one one that might be more pertinent to, to your particular company. You're an HVAC owner, uh, and you're, you're, you're looking to expand and grow your sales, and you're doing all the wrong things and getting nowhere. Uh, and here's a competitor of yours down the street who can't stand doing what he's doing because he can't get any more sales, and he hates QuickBooks and accounting and he just doesn't like business. He wants to go back and be a worker. You can tell me you can't buy his assets and his 
customers and his talents, and he's going to drive a hard bargain. What are you kidding me? You can get a company like that. You know, I've I've done that. I've done that a couple of times. Uh, in fact, uh, it involved an HVAC company. So there's lots of ways to do it. There's lots of ways to find out where these deals go. But how in the heck do you do it? Well, give us a call. Give us a call and we'll, we'll talk about it. 440-946-9468. This is an opportunity out there, owners of small businesses or wannabe owners of small businesses. Give us a call. I've got an example just like that, Jack, and a story I want to share with a client of ours that will come to here after after this break. Or again, acquired a competitor for no money down, and the reason why that person was selling was for a lot of the reasons you talked about. Wanting to be back and become a worker bee, got tired of running the business. It's out there. And it's a very interesting story how, <laughs> how it came to be. So stay tuned to hear about that story and other stories about how to, how to really do a deal. And when it comes to buying a small business, I'm Adam Sunhalter. How to do a deal. I'm Jack Mancini. Maximum Value Partners, that's our name. Give us a call. Give us a call. And we'll tell you how in the heck to do that. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at WINTradio.com. Nobody noticed. Nothing was hurt. It was Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sunhalter. Hello, Adam. I'm Jack Mancini, and I'm your partner. Remember me. You've been standing up so tall that I'm I'm looking at your belt buckle all the time. But, uh, (laughs) hey, we're with Maximum Value Partners. We're business coaches, owners of small businesses. We can help you. One to 25 employees. Honestly, there's nobody like us out there to, to help these small business owners like you. We love the small business owners and everything they represent. We were big corporate guys at one time, and we are and continue to be small business guys right now, having owning, owned and operated and ran and coached and consulted and bought and sold. Give us a call. What number are we going to call here? What should four, they call 440 Also, 440 W-I-N-T. If you've ever wanted to buy a company, a little company, it doesn't have to be a big company, it doesn't have to be a fancy company. If you're, for example, an HVAC guy and one of your competitors with one employee, uh, it can't stand being in business anymore. He's going to quit. He's going to sell it. He's going to try to do something. That would be a great example of a company that you can buy for little or no money down if you know how to do it. And if you have the, I'm going to use a word here, Adam. It's not a fancy word. It's an old word. If you have the gumption to do it. Think, <laughs> do you know what gumption means? Got gumption and goobers tonight. That's good. <laughs> a lot of the G, the gut words. The gumption, the fortitude, the, the, the chutzpah. Chutzpah. Is that a good it word? It doesn't have to be an HVAC company. It could be anything. It could be anybody. That's right. Talking, talking about how do I do a deal? How do you really do a deal? Mm-hmm. And how you're not going to learn how to do a deal in the Harvard, Harvard Business Review about buying a small company. You're going to learn about it from folks like us who've been there and done it and help people do it. So Jack's given an example. Right. He said about HVAC company. Our client wasn't an HVAC company but had a very similar story where he's looking to buy competitors to try to grow his business. And so he had a competitor that he'd be he'd befriended over a couple-year period, got to know him pretty well. And the way the deal came about 
is one of the things we work a lot with our clients on is helping them build their organization. So the people that, that they have within the organization, it's part of the organization plan. That's key number four of our, of our seven keys to success is how do you build the organization? So he's trying to find kind of basically a crew leader to kind of help run some of his crews. And he said, hey, how about I ask this guy? You know, he's, he's got his own business, but he, you know, he's got some extra time. So how about I ask this guy to come on kind of part-time running some of my crews and you know, I, you know, I could pay him to do that and he can still do his thing. And let, let's see if, if he'd be open to something kind of creative that way. So our client approached him and kind of put the idea by him. And the guy said, hey, you know what? Why don't you just buy my company instead? Mm-hmm. So our client said, hey, well, okay, let, let's, let, let's figure it out. Why, why don't we kind of chat? So one of the things that we advise our client to do, and this is something very important to remember, okay, we said, why don't you make sure that when you meet with this guy, why don't you make sure his wife is there as well? He said, why should I have her there? I mean, she kind of was involved, was doing the books. She was working full-time somewhere else, but she was doing the books in the evening and some other stuff kind of going on. But I said, yeah, make sure that, that she's there because we've learned, if we've learned one thing, Jack, in our 15 years together, that even if the spouse is not literally involved in the business, they are tremendously influential with the sure. business owner. Especially some industries more than others. But but uh, definitely, definitely you have to have the spouse in there to, to sign off, let her, let her give her advice, whatever it may be. And if it looks like a good deal, go ahead anyway, <laughs> no matter what. Right, but yeah, it's you know, I'll try to I'll try to compare it to if you're going to the doctor, and going back and one of the, one of the things that you'd started, I was involved in years ago, Jack, was that 501c3 nonprofit where we helped patients deal with their doctors, help teach them how to deal with their doctors, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the keys we had for them was to make sure you bring somebody with you. They call it in the medical world having an advocate, right? Somebody to kind of go with you when you go to see the doctor. And a big Why reason, is that? a big reason for that. Thanks for asking. I was going right there. Oh, yeah. Is I knew it was just right. A couple good. things. One is that the doctor might be speaking a foreign language, even though they're speaking English. They're, they're using big words you don't understand, or they're talking real fast, or you aren't sure where to, to kind of cut them off, or they give you a diagnosis. Hey, Jack, you got cancer. And then whatever I say after that cancer word, you aren't hearing anything. Mm-hmm. But if you got somebody sitting next to you who's asking questions, taking notes, because you, you hear it differently, so. If we're going to do a deal and I say, Jack, I want to buy your company. Here's what I'm willing to offer you. Okay, whatever I say, chances are that might not be what you're hoping to hear. Whatever it's going to be, your mind then starts racing in different directions. And so having that spouse there is very helpful. He's going to hear it differently than 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 the owner's hearing it, right? Well, you're you're talking with a positive spin. I was thinking negative spin, but go on. Well, but it's it's good to have that person there, okay? But also, they may be a little bit more rational. So... In this case, here's the reason the deal was going to get done. You know, part of it was that the the, the, the person running the business, he was kind of, he was getting caught up in, in, in working in the business, as people say. He was doing the work of the business. And the other stuff was kind of driving him nuts. But a big driver of this was, in fact, his spouse. She hated doing the books. So those of you out in the listening audience who are spouses of owners of companies and you have a full-time gig and yet you're doing the books in the evenings or on the weekends because you want to help your spouse and obviously it's very important to make sure if you do work, you got to bill it and collect it. So you're happy to help out. And maybe you figured you'd do it short term and here you are five years later still doing it. Making life miserable for right. everybody. So that was a big driver mm-hmm. for it, right? The other driver was they wanted, you know, the way they had set it up, which is not unusual, 
instead of having the business set up properly and getting, you know, buying vehicles or buying equipment through the business or getting credit cards through the business, it was all done personally. So they wanted to go build a house, kind of their dream house. And yet they were not able to do that because they had all this debt that was really business debt that was on their personal debt. So the dream house and doing the books at night, that was that was the, the two key reasons for doing the deal, which is why it was fantastically important to have this spouse there. Because she was going to be a key driver in starting to make this deal start to happen. Well, that's one way, and it does happen that way. It also happens the other way, where they they gunk up the deal and it doesn't work. And that that means that the relationship might be and I'm not gonna say suspect, although that could be the case. But you got to be able to talk to your spouse and convince them if you have an idea that you're passionate for, why this is a good idea. But you said something before about our 501c3 that uh, uh, we created from scratch a 501c3, and, and what that is, it's a public charity. And as Adam said, this is uh, this was a company that was created to teach patients how to deal with their doctors. And we, we had a lot of donors. We qualified for the IRS and all this good stuff. And the gist of this organization, again, was to teach patients how to deal with their doctors. Well, demographically, big word, most users of health care are elderly women. And if you could picture an elderly woman without an advocate sitting on a, an examination table waiting for the doctor to come in, and coming from a generation now of people who, who respect and, and uh, almost genuflect to priests and to doctors and to, you know, people of authority, picture the smiling woman sitting on that table and somebody talking a different language or, or is very abrupt with, with her come in and kind of put the whole examination in jeopardy without even them knowing it. So here they go, talking fast and doing these kinds of things, and we created a little prop for her. And Adam just reminded me when he talked about this organization that we created. It was a little tongue depressor. You know what that is. The doc will stick it on your tongue, say, ah, that. And he, we pasted a little stop sign on the end of that tongue depressor, and we empowered this woman or any woman who we taught to basically, when the doctor is going a mile a minute and you can't understand, wave or just pick this little prop up and hold it in front of your face with a smile. And that tongue depressor with the stop sign on it did it all. It said stop. And it created uh, uh, what was otherwise a tense situation into a smile and a relaxed situation, taking, taking power. I mean, it's, I am going off track here a little bit. But that story reminded me of, of you, you mentioning that, reminded me of that story, which I've always loved that story because it's so effective and it's so simple to do. And it brings people together in ways that, you know, you can't even imagine. And it was fun. By the way, that, that public charity that we started from scratch was turned over to the Mayo Clinic in 2013. It's a real success story that if you call up, we aren't going to talk about that one on here, but uh, we'll be glad to chat with you about that, too. That was started from scratch, and you, too, can start a nonprofit organization for whatever your cause. 
might be pets, might be, who knows what it might be. It doesn't make any difference. We could teach you how to do that, too. We'd teach you how to do a lot of stuff. You call, but you got to call. What's the number, Adam? I took my glasses off and I can't see. (laughs) 440-946-9468. Got it. So there's lots of ways to do deals. That's one kind of deal in terms of a nonprofit. But this deal, it's the way this thing worked out. So he was looking to go, again, he was looking to go hire this guy kind of part-time. Wanted up, you know, the guy's saying, why don't you buy me out? So he was able to buy him for no money down. What he no did is he, he assumed some debt. The guy had some debt on his vehicles. He actually even assumed debt for the guy's personal vehicle and some other stuff. So he had no money down. He wound up hiring the guy full-time. So he gave the guy a job. And then he worked out a deal where he'd pay him down the road. Okay. So, again, no money down. So he gets a guy to come run his crews. He gets additional... Uh, equipment and, and 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 vehicles, and he gets some know-how, gets some get some additional workers that came over, all for no money down. I don't believe that, Adam. I think the only way to buy a company is to have a pile of cash, and just like you go buy a house, you got to put money down and take out a big note and pay interest and have bankers and lawyers and everyone else come have have fancy people with ties whose words I don't understand. Tell me how I gotta structure this company and and uh, watch out for this, watch out for that. Before I know it, I spent forty thousand dollars and I didn't do squat. Isn't that how you buy a company? <laughs> where, where's where's my partner? What have you done with them? <laughs> Somebody just took over your body check. <laughs> it's like that scene in that scene in Old School. Remember the movie Old School? Old school. And Will Ferrell was, you know, he was, he was in the, the debate part towards the end. And he had James Carwell going against him. And Will Ferrell comes in and he has like an out of body experience about whatever the topic was. And he's kind of done. He's like, whoa, what, you know, what, what just happened, right? I remember that. Okay, I just had one of those with you talking about fancy pants stuff and suits and ties. And, and that's how you sounded for the last well, 30 seconds. Is that how you buy a company? You got to go visit a guy with a suit? No. Right? No? Okay. If you see a guy with a suit, run the other way. Definitely. <laughs> Suits and ties are scary, scary things. You know, they, they have are. no place, no they, place in the small business world. They really don't. They don't have too many places in any world, but you see a lot of them. Whenever you do, doesn't it get a little depressing? Or are we the only ones who see the world like that? How can you be comfortable in your own skin when you got something strangling you? I don't and constricting know. you. It's like a budget, Jack. Oh, God. What a terrible word. Straight jackets, budgets, suits, and ties are all bad things. All right. Stay tuned. When we come back, we'll talk about some more ways that we we can do some deals. Really do deals. Really do them. Call us. I'm Adam Sonhalter. Jack Mancini. Call us. Tell us about your dream of buying a company or your story about buying a company, and we'll tell you what went right or wrong. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. I'm ready for a fight tonight, you know? How can I get one? I'm Jack Mancini. I'm Adam's business partner. We're business coaches with Maximum Value Partners. We're talking about doing deals. People out there dragging their knuckles, complaining that they don't make enough money and they can't get a job. And we're telling we're telling you we know how to do it because we've done it hundreds of times personally for ourselves and coaching other people. We love doing this stuff, folks. 
Anyway, where right. are we at on with the All right, we're talking about how to talking about how to do real deals, right? We're saying what you shouldn't do with deals. We shared a couple of stories. One of a, a person working at a company that bought it from the current owner that wasn't family. We talked about a current owner buying out a competitor. And I guess the, the, the next story I wanted to share is kind of what not to do when going to buy a company, Jack. And hitting on my point earlier about how you aren't going to learn how to do a deal by going to Harvard Business Review. You aren't going to do a deal by sitting at home and not taking action either. No, but we had a we had a guy who was a corporate guy, super sales guy, and he found a company to buy. He had a good buddy advising him who was a uh, Princeton guy. Oh yeah, that story. Hoity toity, fancy pants Princeton guy. The wood, the wood. Yes, the and wood that wouldn't quit. That's right. So he, he said, hey, I'm a super sales guy. I've been doing the sales things for, for, for a while. I can sell anything. He happened to also be a minority. He was a black man. And he said, hey, I can tap into some, some government stuff, other things that this current company can't do because their ownership isn't, isn't, isn't such. And he went and bought a company that looked really good. Okay, The company is doing about half a million bucks in sales. Last 10 years, steady as she can be, Jack. That's, well, a, just perfect, like, that's a perfect size to start yeah. your entrepreneurial pursuits, a company doing sales in that range. So half a million bucks in sales, a couple hundred thousand bucks in cash flow. Steady as she goes. Like looking out over Lake Erie and just being beautiful, crystal clear with no waves. That's right. All right. So he goes, says, hey, I can do this thing. He's so focused on what he can do with the company that he doesn't do a good job. His advisor, Mr. Fancy Pants, wasn't helping him very much because – um, as he was getting involved with this deal, made an offer, got in there, what happened was a couple things. Now, there was a pretty good sizable customer that out of that half a million in sales was probably about 200,000 of those sales. So it's a pretty significant concentration, about yeah, 40%. 40%. Now, the seller, whether the seller knew or not, uh, failed to inform. And our, our, our buyer friend here, super sales guy, forgot to ask, to go visit these people or talk to them or even check them out. But if he would have done some of that, asked questions, or if it would have been told that this big customer represented 40% of their sales, well, he was building a little factory next to his factory to do what these guys were doing. So and within... He didn't, he didn't know. Well, he didn't know because he wasn't looking for downside. He was just plowing ahead. Yeah, what a great deal we can do. We can blow this place up and I'll be out selling stuff get, and triple quadruple get, this little thing, right? think anyone out there who owns a business says to solve all their problems, all they need are more sales. That's it. That's the magic word. That's, that's all you need. What a bunch of nonsense. But so, anyway, uh, go on. Uh, about a month into the deal, this customer informs him of that, and all of a sudden his sales drop 40%. Overnight. Boom. Okay. Now, probably could have survived that. You know, that's one big blow, but not necessarily a, a killer blow for you, right? Well, unfortunately, probably another 20% of the sales that, that this company had were due to this one big customer they had because there was a lot of scrap from the big customer. So they'd cut out a, a template piece and there'd be extra wood from that cutout hanging around and dropping off on the floor. So that extra leftover stuff was used to sell these other customers. And so, hey, there's no material charge here. So they could price it pretty darn low. So he lost 40% from the big guy. The big customer. And he also lost the source of cheap material for other jobs that he was doing. So... 
that uh, he had to go now buy stuff because that scrap was gone from the big guy. And so when he went to buy the material and had to reprice his product, 20% of those guys went away. So he lost another 100000 bucks. That's right. So this all happened within the first few months. And oh, by the way, that was, that, that was, that was the second thing. The third <laughs> thing, which maybe was even the first thing I forgot to mention, the, the seller had worked out a deal. Again, this guy paid some money up front. He didn't buy it for no money down. Okay, he paid, right. he, he, he paid a, a, a good price up front. Plus, he paid an additional six figures to the seller to hang out as a consultant for a year. Another common mistake, Jack. Or, hey, I want that former owner to stick around to kind of be there. Right? If I have a, a jacket and tie on and I'm advising somebody to buy a company, that's the stuff I'm going to tell them to do. Well, then you better sure <laughs> to tell him or her to make sure you don't give that seller the entire year's worth of consulting at closing, which is what this guy did. And guess what the seller did after day one? What did he do? Never showed up again. Wow. So now I'm dealing with loss of 200000 in sales from one customer, another handful of customers for 100000 in sales I lost, and I paid this guy who's supposed to help me, now I'm chasing him around to go sue him. And I lost, I lost a, a low-cost uh, uh, supply of, of wood material for other jobs that I'm producing. So but all I got to do is get more sales, Jack. That's right. And that's really what my specialty is. Right. Hey, I'm a Princeton guy with connections, and I can go out and I can get more sales. So we should be okay. Even though the company has been cratered like a, an atomic bomb, I, I can get these sales, and that's all I got to do. How many months did he spend trying to do that? Well, we, we, we met him about a year after this deal had happened. Where did you meet him? Where do we meet him? Boy, I can't. I, I, no, I met him at an Didn't we meet him at the auction? No, 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 no. I'm talking about the actual, hold on, the, the, the guy who bought it. Oh. We, met the, we met the buyer about a year after he, uh, he'd done okay. the deal, right? Okay. I forget how we met him. We, we, we met him. We came in, and the idea was like we, we recognized very quickly that he was in trouble. And he said, look, does your bank have any idea what kind of trouble you're in? No, the bank's fine because he'd been paying his you know, his monthly nut to the bank, right? So if you pay the bank their, their monthly nut, they don't ask any questions usually, he didn't right? have any big. He didn't have a big cash reserve to weather the storm. So put all the money he had into the company yeah. and it went right down the rat hole. So we tried to help and see if we could restructure the bank loan, help the bank understand the position, position that, that they were in. And this East Coast bank basically told us to go pound salt. They knew what was going on, and they had a big couple of big assets that were there that they could, if need be, they could sell off, right? So you're probably going to guess how this story ended. It didn't end very well, okay? Um, within a couple of months, the business was basically out of business. And the bank was fine. They hired, a, they hired an auctioneer to come in. And if you've never been to an auction, I would highly recommend going. Yeah. It's, it's very energetic. Um, it's capitalism at its finest <laughs> to a certain extent. And if you had a guy like we did, we, the guy we had, he was dressed in all black, but he had a, a white beard and a white hair. It was like Kenny Rogers. <laughs> now I usually talk fast. Looks like but, an undertaker. Oh, yeah. I usually talk fast, but these guys make me look like I'm I'm talking tremendously yeah, slow. Right? And everything that's not nailed down, even things that were nailed down are, are up for sale. As long as you can take it and put it in your vehicle and get it out of here today, it's yours, right? Mm-hmm. So they had they had this one big asset 
again, Jack mentioned it, it, it was a wood company in terms of making wood boxes, and they had this big, big table saw. I can't even remember what the dimensions were, but I mean, it was, you know, it was very large 12, 13 feet, you know, square, a big saw. And they thought this thing was worth 80, 90, 100,000 bucks, right? That was uh, the suits kind of putting values on those. Well, through their intermediaries. Hey, but, this piece, this saw is worth, yeah, 80 grand. I think that I remember that number sticks in my head. That plus all the other things that are there, we can, we can recover back certainly most of what's owed to us, right? right. Was there was their thinking. I believe the number that, that that big saw went for, Jack, was I want to say seven thousand. Somewhere in that neighborhood. Something like that. But it was it was it was maybe ten percent of what they thought it was worth, right? And as you alluded to earlier, you almost you know, we, we had a chance to meet the seller. He showed up at the auction to buy back a lot of the stuff that he had sold to this guy for pennies on the dollar. Mm-hmm. Because he had that Six figures in his pocket, plus the, the the money he got for actually selling as well, and he was fat, dumb, and happy, feeling good oh, about yeah. stuff. Oh yeah, he. So was, that was yeah, that, that was a sweet. He did a sweet deal. The all se- legal. The seller too. did, yeah. Right. So that's how to not do a deal, and unfortunately, there are too many people doing deals that way, which is exact wrong way to do deals, and folks that have people who are advising them from Princeton who are reading Harvard Business Review, folks in their Ivy Towers who haven't been there and done that and rolled up their sleeves and see how these things actually work in the small business world are what's making people afraid of doing deals or doing deals the wrong way. Mm-hmm. We have tons of stories. We just shared a couple of them with you tonight of success stories we've had with clients of ours, and there are dozens and dozens more folks, I'm telling you. But there's, we also shared one with you that, that as far as not how things don't work. So you didn't want to talk to us on the air tonight, that's fine. You can get us... Not on the air. We're Not around, on the air. We're That's around right. the other however many hours there are in a week. You can give us a call at 877-849-0670. Again, 877-849-0670. Shoot us an email at radio at MaximumVP.com. Uh, you can tweet at us at MaximumVP or go to our website, MaximumVP.com. A lot of ways. A lot of ways to get a hold of us. Get us. Absolutely. And so, we can we can help those how questions be answered. I mean, there's no doubt about that. You remember those how questions, don't you? Got all the kinds unstuckables. of the unstuckables, right? So if you missed a part of this show or any of our previous shows, you can listen to them at your leisure, anytime, day or night. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, and when you go there, hey, please leave a review for us. You can also go to wintradio.com, look in the archive programs; it's there to be able to download it. But we want to thank you for uh, for joining us on this week's edition of Dirty Secrets of Small Business. And you can learn more Dirty Secrets of Small Business next Wednesday. Oh, yes. 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Hey, thanks for listening on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com. Good night, folks. <laughs>